All right, everybody. Happy Thursday. Hope you all had a nice Memorial Day weekend. I sure did. Uh, my wife and I were thinking about driving up the coast or something like that, but we ended up uh, just staying home, having a nice weekend at home. My mom and my sister came up to visit. That was that was nice. But now I am back at it. And today I want to talk about infrastructure. I haven't talked about infrastructure in a while because there really hasn't been much real progress to speak of. But I thought I would just give a brief update here. So just to give this some context, we were hearing a lot of big promises from the Biden administration after the passing of the recent stimulus package, the American Rescue Plan Act. That went through in March, as you know. The administration seemed to have a lot of momentum behind it in terms of pushing for even more legislation to accomplish its goals. Of course, there's always been tension between Democrats and Republicans. But since then, there has been some increasing friction uh, between the White House and congressional Democrats as well. So I thought this would be a good time to lay out what's been going on with the infra infrastructure package, um, the offers and counter offers that have been made, you know, going back and forth ad nauseum, it seems, and what all this means for the future of this infrastructure plan. All right, let's get into it. First, I want to talk about the original plan that came out of the White House. This was broken up into two pieces of legislation, the American Jobs Plan, uh, as well as the American Families Plan. I made videos about each of these. Um, and remember, the stimulus package was technically called the American Rescue Plan, right? So kind of hearkening back to that, you can kind of think of these as one combined package with the rescue plan being more targeted toward short-term stimulus, uh, while the Families Plan, the Jobs Plan, more focused on a long-term outlook, hence infrastructure, right? Things like building roads, uh, childcare, green energy, looking at policies that are going to have a lasting effect beyond just recovering from the pandemic and the recession. The White House has released some information about uh, their proposals for both packages. Um, the American Jobs Plan was unveiled first through a fact sheet that was published on March 31st. Um, there probably won't be serious negotiations on the American Families Plan until we get a resolution uh, on the Jobs Plan. So, you know, on the channel here, I've talked about both of these uh, more recently about the American Families Plan. I don't want to ignore it, but for purposes of this video, I just want to talk specifically about the American Jobs Plan and what's been going on with those negotiations since a lot of the uh, negotiations back and forth right now have to do with the Jobs Plan, okay? As I said, the White House put out information about the Jobs Plan at the end of March. Their initial plan had provisions for basic infrastructure projects like bridges, highways, uh, roads, and ports, along with some things that you might not naturally associate with infrastructure. For example, the Jobs Plan calls for substantial investments in the infrastructure of our care economy, uh, starting by creating new and better jobs for caregiving workers, who it says have been underpaid and undervalued for too long. So this was supposedly an infrastructure package, but it was broader uh, than you might expect, right? And the initial version of this proposal included a $400 billion investment, for example, in home care for the elderly and disabled. That was actually the highest price tag for any individual project in the jobs plan. Although if you look at the broader categories, the plan called for uh, you know bigger investments in transportation infrastructure, home infrastructure, and research and development through things like training, funding the National Science Foundation, etc. The Washington Post put out a really helpful infographic here. I'll put that up on the screen here. So as you can see, it was around 2.2, 2.3 trillion split into those four categories. Some of this is the classic infrastructure you would think of when you hear infrastructure. Other parts are more along the lines of the social infrastructure, such as education, home-based care. But if you look at the dollar amounts, I think it's fair to say uh, this was mostly an infrastructure bill. Now, this plan was supposed to be funded through a few tax reforms. The first one involved 
involved raising the corporate tax rate from 21% to 28%. In other words, halfway back up to 35%, which is where it was during the Obama years. They're also pushing for a global minimum corporate tax of 21% compared to the current 13%, which would take some of the pressure uh, off of countries to undercut each other and make it easier for the, ra- uh, for the U.S. to raise our own corporate tax rate without worrying about losing business to overseas. Along with adjusting the tax code, the White House also wanted to make some changes to enforcement that would crack down on some of the tax evasion that happens at the higher income levels. I've talked about that a bit here on the channel. Of course, most Republicans spoke out against the plan almost immediately. That was to be expected. For example, Senator John Barrasso called it an out-of-control socialist spending spree, and it was always going to be difficult for the administration to pull any votes from the other side, let alone the 10 they would need to get this through the Senate through normal legislation. On the other hand, they also have the option to pass this through reconciliation, which is what they did, of course, with the stimulus plan, the American Rescue Plan. And if they went that way, then they would be able to get it to Biden's desk without any Republican votes at all. The problem for the White House has been that there weren't they weren't only seeing opposition uh, from Republicans here, They've also been facing divisions within their own party. For example, the Congressional Progressive Caucus quickly released a statement responding to the infrastructure plan, which said, We believe that our country is ready for an even bolder, more comprehensive, and integrated plan that demonstrates the size, scope, and speed required to aggressively slash carbon pollution and avoid climate catastrophe, create millions of good, family-sustaining union jobs, improve Americans' health and safety, reduce racial and gender disparities, and curb income inequality by making the wealthy and large corporations finally pay their fair share in taxes. You probably know where we're going with this, but famous Democratic moderate Joe Manchin came out against aspects of the plan that he thought went too far. He wanted to cap the corporate tax rate at 25% rather than 28%. He also expressed some concern about the overall price tag. So Biden has been dealing with the usual Republican opposition uh, that you would expect on anything from the Democrats, but he is also beginning hit uh, from both sides within his own party. The first Republican offer on infrastructure was released on April 22nd by a group of senators, including Shelley Moore Capito, the highest-ranking Republican on the Committee on Environment and Public Works, and unsurprisingly, that plan had a much narrower focus on traditional infrastructure projects compared to the more general spending plan uh, that had been released by the White House. So this Republican proposal would have included a total of $568 billion in new spending over five years. Um, of that, $300 billion would be for roads and bridges, $65 billion for broadband, $60 billion for public transportation, and then smaller amounts of funding for ports and airports, drinking water, sewers, railroads, and public safety. Senator Capito tweeted about this on April 22nd. She said, let's be clear. Biden's proposal goes beyond what constitutes infrastructure. Today, we set a clear path forward on core principles that define infrastructure and address our country's needs. This framework continues our conversations with Democratic colleagues and the administration. Along with the lower price tag, another sticking point with this Republican plan was that it did not include any new tax increases. As I said, funding for the Biden plan was supposed to largely come uh, from a higher corporate tax rate, higher capital gains tax rates uh, for the wealthy, additional taxes on wealthy Americans, etc., while the Republican plan would be covered by the existing federal fuel tax as well as new fees for electric vehicles, which obviously wouldn't be popular on the Democratic side. So the sides were very far apart, both on policy priorities as well as how to fund their plans. 
Uh, this proposal only included about 25% of the spending that Biden was pushing for, but still, it was the first time we got to see where the Republicans were coming from on infrastructure and what they would be looking for in negotiations here. So at this point, it was very clear there would not be any bipartisan support for anything close to the original American Jobs Plan. Um, of course, the White House also has the option to try to pass this on party lines for reconciliation, uh, but the White House did put out a counteroffer on May 21st that cut the overall price tag by roughly 25% down to around $1.7 trillion from the original $2.2 trillion, and this was intended to set the stage for negotiations with Republicans to give the administration an opportunity uh, to see where Republicans were willing to compromise. So this updated version of the plan included some changes. Most of the cuts came from reduced spending on research and development. They also proposed less funding for broadband, but overall it still came with most of the same plans, such as the increased corporate tax and the social safety net provisions that were in the first version of the American Jobs Plan. Press Secretary Jen Psaki spoke, uh, spoke about this offer in her remarks on May 21st. She said, this is the art of seeking common ground. This proposal exhibits a willingness to come down in size, giving on some areas that are important to the present to the president, otherwise they wouldn't have been in the proposal, while also staying firm in areas that are most vital to rebuilding our infrastructure and industries of the future, making our workforce and our country more competitive with China. But again, there was still more than $1 trillion in spending separating the two sides, not to mention uh, the differences in how they wanted to finance this all. So I don't think anyone in the administration thought that the, that the Republicans were suddenly going to change their minds just based on the cuts that were included in the second version of the American Jobs Plan. And unsurprisingly, Senator Capito's office confirmed uh, confirmed this the day the counteroffer was released. They released a statement that said, based on today's meeting, the group seemed further apart after two meetings with White House staff than they were after one meeting with President Biden. Senate Republicans will further review the details in today's counteroffer and continue to engage in conversations with the administration. So this brings me to the most recent counteroffer, which was also headlined by Senator Capito. This came out on May 27th, and it brought the total spending up to $928 billion from the $568 billion that was in the Republicans' original proposal. In other words, about $360 billion in additional spending money. Capito's roadmap came with a quick statement that said this counteroffer delivers on much of what President Biden provided in his feedback to us during our Oval Office meeting while still focusing on core infrastructure investments. As evidenced by our work on bipartisan drinking water and surface transportation infrastructure bills, we can work in a bipartisan fashion on these priorities and deliver real results. So, as I said, this latest plan does represent a jump from their first offer. wasn't exactly the same, but it still leaves out some significant gaps uh, between the Republican plan and what the White House is asking for in its reduced offer. First, there's a disconnect on what the focus of this legislation should be. Republicans generally want to stick to conventional infrastructure. Uh, even this new proposal is just a larger plan for those traditional infrastructure projects, while Biden and most Democrats want those projects to be a part of a larger plan that also tackles social issues such as child care, elder care, home care, etc. Beyond that, you still have the Democrats trying to repeal or at least revise the Trump tax cuts. On the other hand, Republicans don't want any new taxes. The White House responded with a statement later that day that said, We are grateful for the work of Senator Capito and her colleagues on this proposal. It is encouraging to see her group come forward with a plan that substantially increased the funding level 
nearing $1 trillion. We appreciate the hard work that went in to making this proposal and continuing these negotiations. At first review, we note several constructive additions to the group's previous proposals, including on roads, bridges, and rail. At the same time, we remain concerned that their plan still provides no substantial new funds for critical job-creating needs, such as fixing our veterans' hospitals, building modern rail systems, repairing our transit systems, removing dangerous lead pipes, empowering America's leadership in a job-creating clean energy economy, among other things. Lastly, we are concerned that the proposal on how to pay for the plan remains unclear. So that gives you an idea of how the White House views this latest Republican offer. As I said, there are still some big gaps between the two sides. The statement also touches on the future of the negotiations. It says we will work actively with members of the House and Senate next week, uh, which is referring to the week uh, after Memorial Day weekend, which is this week. Um, so there is a clear direction on how to advance much needed jobs legislation when Congress resumes legislative business during the week of June 7th. Okay. So there's kind of this June 7th soft deadline, right, to actually commit. I haven't seen anything to indicate that we're closer, though, to an agreement than we were a month or two ago. Yes, both sides have, prov have proposed some compromises, but ultimately those offers haven't done anything to bridge the fundamental gaps with respect to the scope of the bill, the overall price tag, and the mechanisms for funding. Now, of course, that is only going to increase pressure on the administration to go around the Republicans here, uh, just like they did with the stimulus bill, uh, by using reconciliation or more extreme route by abolishing the filibuster altogether. Personally, though, I don't see them uh, get, abolishing the filibuster anytime soon, right? So the story at this point is going to be which side gives first. Republicans want to pressure the administration to accept a smaller deal closer to $1 trillion and push the rest of their priorities to another piece of legislation later on. The White House wants to pressure the Republicans to go along with their broader idea of infrastructure. Uh, things like childcare, free preschool, and free community college are actually some of the most popular components of the plan among voters, and Biden is betting that the Republicans will dig their own grave by opposing policies that are widely supported. And finally, the progressives here don't think there's any reason to negotiate at all when the sides are so far apart. They're going to continue pressuring the White House to walk away from the table and pass the bill on party lines through reconciliation, uh, which is going to be a major theme for the entire administration. Unfortunately, that leaves us in a kind of stalemate for the time being. I don't have uh, much to report other than this, but I'll keep a close eye on these negotiations and let you know if anything changes. As always, I want to thank everyone for watching to the end. I really do appreciate your support, and I'll see you in the next video. Bye-bye.